Hey, everybody. Jim Duncan with Nest Realty and Sweat the Details. This week, we spoke with Joel Burslam, who is a partner and chief strategist at Thousand Watt, a strategic marketing and design agency for real estate based in Portland, Oregon. Over the last 13 years, they have worked with hundreds of real estate brokerages, teams, real estate brands, and technology companies to help them out-innovate their competitors. We talked about technology, who should and does provide that tech to agents, brokers, and MLSs, the value of brand when everyone has the same tech, and the importance and value of editing, subtraction, and the written word. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Duncan with Nest Realty and Sweat the Details. We're sitting here with Keith Davis, my partner in Nest, and Joel Burslam from 1000 Watt, uh, based in Portland, Oregon. Um, wanted to see what, what we're going to talk about today as far as technology, MLSs, brokerage tech. Um, Keith, you want to take the lead and hand it off to Joel? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And and so Joel and I connected last week and, and we're just chatting. Uh, full disclosure, 1000 Watt has been a, a good partner to Nest Realty over the years and we've engaged their services. So there, we do have a working relationship that goes beyond kind of just knowing each other in the marketplace and do want to put that out there. But um, you know, I had called on Joel because last week I was in a presentation uh, with one of the markets in which we serve in their MLS committee and was sitting through a presentation in which the MLS provider, uh, which is not association owned, it's a it's a broker owned uh, MLS, but the actual provider with whom they uh they contract is offering up and is going to be putting in the marketplace an entire suite of services to all of the agents, teams, brokerages in the marketplace. And I called Joel just to kind of get his his thought on this because it included things that typically we've looked at as being agent provided services, differentiators, if you will. It was professional photography, it was Matterport tours, it's home videos, it was website uh, services, it was uh, postcards for your your new listings. And so I called Joel and we just, we started talking about kind of what the expectations are now of, of MLSs, because Joel, I know you've done a, a fair amount of work with um, MLSs and and with brokers as well, and kind of talking about these tech services, and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts sure. on where this goes and what's what's the kind of appropriate place for the MLS or the appropriate place for the broker, and just kind of want to see what your thoughts were. Well, I think, well, first off, thanks, Jim Keith, um, for inviting me on today. Uh, it's always it's always nice to chat with you guys, and you know, I think this is a really interesting topic um the idea of like where where does that line get drawn between you know broker provision technology mls provision technology um my general take is that that line keeps moving and it stays you know in the same cadence if you will as the march of technology, uh, the things that we once thought were innovative uh, yesterday, I think today become sort of commonplace. Um, so when I hear, you know, brokers or MLSs talking about provisioning technology uh, to agents, I mean, I think the first the first thing is we have to understand the motivation. And I think it's always done from a place, you know, from a good place. I think there is an an ideal that exists, which is that this data that exists, whether it's photography data, MLS data, is there to help consumers, and that ultimately the main conduit to consumers is going to be the agent. Uh, and so those 
organizations, whether they be MLSs or brokers who are there to help uh, agents do their job, I, I think it's imperative to, to, the, to them that they look for the best tools that help them do that job. In, in terms, you know, I, I guess the question that comes down to if you're the agent, do you, should agents be looking for their brokers for all those tools? Should be agents be looking to the MLS or should agents be looking to, to put together the suite of package, the suite of technologies that they, they want to use individually? What's, I mean, what's the right, it's available everywhere now, right? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the answer is simply, it depends, right? I think for those agents who, love technology, you know, want to be ahead of the curve, you know, dive into the latest, greatest, shiny tool that they've read on Inman or seen on Product Hunt. I mean, there's loads of places where you can go and get this technology. And I think that those avenues exist to them. I think the the benefit, of course, uh, to go and look to your broker to get technology or even to your MLS to get technology is ultimately you can... Um, you can benefit from the the economies of scale that those organizations can offer, which is obviously the ability, you know, to buy solutions on mass and um, offer them at a much lower price than if you were trying to assemble that themselves yourself. But I think there's such there's, the the beautiful thing about this industry is there's such a wide variety of um, people who get into this business, people who are tech savvy, people who are not tech savvy that those pathways are open to all of them, you know, to go and roll your own solution or to just take whatever's off the shelf. I mean, I think ultimately the consumer doesn't care. Um, no. You know, I think that they, they, frankly, I think that most consumers, want, you know, from a listing perspective, they want to make sure that their home is on Zillow and it looks fantastic. And the buyers want to make sure that their home is, that the homes that they're looking for, or they're, they are able to see all the homes that are available. And they want to see right now as much information as possible without going to see the house physically um, yeah. and, and to wean down the number of homes they see uh, you know, in person. Um, but I think that you know, I mean, I, the, the question is, you know, is the MLS or the association, um, is that a, are they equipped to provide those tools for the agents? Um, yeah, I think that you look at the Pareto principle of you know eighty, you know twenty percent do uh, most of the business. Um, you know how many of that twenty percent will adopt all these new tools or the the majority of them? I mean, again, this is my personal take. I think they have yeah. a, a a responsibility to to offer a solution, not all solutions, but I think that there is an expectation in the market where by consumers. Um, like you said, Jim, are, are, are looking for agents to come to the table equipped with at least a baseline of technology. Um, but where I would go with that is to say that, and this is something that we counsel our clients and the agents and teams and brokers that we work with. If you have a line item in your listing presentation that just says one of my competitive differentiators is technology, you've already lost, right? Like that's like saying, uh, you know, one of my competitive differentiators is I have electricity, right? Like everybody has technology to some degree today. If you're not using technology, even if that technology is as antiquated as a fax machine, you're still using technology. It's 
what you do with that technology, um, how you use it to either make yourself more productive or build better relationships with your customers. Ultimately, those are the way that you are differentiating yourself. The technology is just a means to an end. So, Joel, I guess, you know, the question that I've got, though, is that with with all of these tech stacks that are coming out, identifying and really being able to make your use of technology important, impactful, differentiated, right? I mean, you know, as you said, if, if you're, if you're saying that you have tech, it's the same as electricity. How do you, how does a client, whether that client is a, is an agent or a brokerage, how do they, how do they make that, that tech differentiated in the eyes of the public and therefore provide a marketing value to it, not just an operational value, which which we can get back to the operational value of in, in just a little bit as well. But the marketing side, let's let's try and focus on that one. Sure. Well, I think you know the the simplest answer to that question is talk about the benefits and not the features. You know, and that's something that I think we see a lot of times, particularly in technology, and when talking about technology, is there is a um, a desire or at least a um, uh, an impetus to kind of focus on the the feeds and speeds, like all the the stuff that you get from that technology, whether it's additional data sources or maybe it's high resolution photography or it's three D floor plans, you know. And it's a real, um, you know, that's the kind of the sexy side of technology. But what I would suggest is, at the end of the day, um, why? as a consumer, why as a buyer or seller, do I care about any of that stuff? I think that's what often gets missed in the sort of rush to, to talk about all the, th- the, the, the features that you have inside of technology uh, platforms, uh, is what is it exactly that those features give you as an agent um, the ability to market around to your, to your consumer? So for example, um, you know, rather than talking about a, a 3D tour, what's the benefit of a 3D tour? Well, right. the fact is, particularly in this day and age, we have a lot of people who are shopping remotely. Um, so I have the ability to offer to you uh, the ability to get inside of a house from distance at any time of day um, from the luxury of your of your living room. I mean, that's a simplified uh differentiator but it's it's different than just simply saying i have a 3d virtual tour which to most people go okay cool why does that matter (laughs) well i mean i I think it's something that um yeah i I was reading jessica sweezy's uh story that she just put out a few minutes ago um what's the title of that just one thing which i'll put Mm -hmm. i'll put in the show notes which Again, to 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 be a, a fan, you just, you just um, like editors. That's that's because you live for your editor. I, I, I do, uh, but I mean, I you know, I, what uh, almost everything she re- she writes, I read immediately. Um, mm-hmm. But she says that uh, editing is key. You know, I think it's something that you know. To your point, Joel, you know, you could have fourteen different tools, but it's, it's having the four they're going to make an impact for that for that client, whether it's a buyer or a seller, um, right. is what's key. So it's editing out all the all the fluff that you don't need. Um, I think this is where we, I mean, where technology has always gone in in this mm-hmm. realm. Um, you know, I think that with the MLS, I mean, when I log into my MLS, um, the like the single sign on page has thirty two different boxes of right. things you I know can what three, from. you know what three of them are. I know what one of them is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's to the MLS. 
you know? So I think it's something that from a, from a practitioner perspective, I don't care about this other 32 or 31 boxes. I care about the one that, that I have to work with. Um, but I mean, I think it's, it, it's, it's harder and harder for agents as it always has been to choose which of those two, three, four or 10 tools are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, yeah, have you of- seen, have you seen the pandemic shift that focus? I mean, floor plans, um, obviously, but anything else? Well, I think, I mean, just to get back to your point about the the one thing, you know, a word that we have used a lot internally at Thousand Watt over the last um, 60 days, if not longer, honestly, but but really has come into focus through a number of projects that we've worked on is subtraction. I think that's a really key um, word for you and your listeners to really uh, absorb. And what we mean by that is there's always a temptation in marketing, advertising, product design, really, you know, anywhere you're trying to reach a, an audience. And your audience could be if you're a broker, your agents, or if you're an agent, your buyers and sellers. There's that temptation to just add, to continually sure. add more stuff, more pages to your listing presentation, more bullets on your sales presentation slides, uh, more stuff that you offer uh, your agents when they join your firm. And the the problem there is, as we all know, when you as you talk about it, Jim, like when you log into that that dashboard, like as human beings, we are really poorly equipped to deal with lots of choices. Right. So that notion of subtraction, what can you do today in your world to take things off your plate, remove stuff? It's really hard. It's really easy to keep adding more stuff. It's a lot harder to like go through and actually say, what do we want to take out of this? Right. Sure. So like at Nest, you know, I mean, you guys do some phenomenal work with the marketing, um, you know, the Friends of Nest program, all the the stuff that you offer. But like, what's one thing that you could take away from that, that maybe you don't need anymore? Well, and I've just done because it's always been done. So I think that's the challenge here in, in sort of late 2020 um, is what what can you remove from your world to simplify it? Because I think we're all looking for simplicity. Well, and I, I think back to, you know, Jim and I laugh about our, like, our writing styles because we're very, very different, um, even though both of us actually spent a ton of time writing in college and it was something we focused on, but we've gone totally different directions. And, you know, just in stylistically, the idea that every teacher always said, write your paper and then cut it in half and cut it in half again and, and then look mm-hmm. at it and see what else you can cut, right? I mean, this is you want to get to the most valuable pieces. But every single thing in product marketing, every single thing that we look at, and I'm not talking about just real estate tech, I'm talking about the wheat thins on your grocery store shelves, right? They want to have 36 flavors because if you have all of these varieties, it means that you know the Triscuits don't get as much shelf space. It means that sure. your competitor can't gain a foothold. And so I look at the MLS, I look at all of these different technologies that we purchase, and we look at the number of different varieties of, of ways in which they touch their client as being yet another attempt to gain as much 
constant eyeball time as you can from your client. If you can, you know, the MLS has always been about searching for houses. That's great. It's about marketing your properties. That's great. But now if they're also offering the postcards, if they're offering flyer production, if they're offering website creation, if they're offering the, the actual connection with your photographer, if they're, if they're now in charge of your quality control, if they, you know, the more that that an MLS can tie up that agent, the there is a perceived point at which you're providing more value, or at least you're keeping your MLS more relevant. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wants to see there as an MLS executive, I'm sure nobody really wants to see continued um, consolidation unless you're the, the victor, right? right? So nobody wants to be on the losing side of a purchase. Um, but I mean, I think that's the big question is when, you know, how do you do subtraction when everything in business says you've got to expand, you have to keep staying relevant. Well, I think it's, it is, um, it is a challenge. You know, there, there is always going to be a temptation to add more services, to continually add relevance, add value or perceived value to, to your, you know, to your organization. Um, I think that the, all that being said, it doesn't diminish the end goal, which is you need to constantly be refining and re-evaluating what it is and what you offer those constituents. And that, that goes all the way from the top down to the bottom, you know, from the agents to the brokers to the MLSs, you know, at every step along that way, what is it that you offer? What is the main thing, um, that main point of value that you offer the people that you serve? And that constant iteration has to come with a degree of, you know, as I said, subtraction. We have to take things away if we're going to keep adding things in or at least moving stuff off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just believe that at the end of the day, you have to constantly be thinking about uh, where you are today, what you offer, what you can take off that plate as being not important, and then clearly thinking about what's what's coming down the road too from a technology perspective. Where do you need to go next? And I think the smart brokers are the ones who realize that they need to stop fighting, you know, the the wars of yesteryear, you know, and start focusing on the next battles that are coming. So what, in terms of technology, do they need to be providing that maybe they don't get from their MLS, that they can build themselves or that they can partner with a vendor to offer their agents? Because there are plenty of things out there that they need to be, if if part of your value proposition is helping those agents deliver a better service, you know, there are plenty of things out there on the technology horizon that that you should be considering. No, it, it is. It is. It is funny, Joel, when you, you're saying that, and I'm thinking back to um, a video pod that I, I watched, uh, or somebody had sent out in one of the Inman groups or Lab Code Agent groups or whatever of, of somebody. In in the fight was it was something that I mean I'm not even going to get into, but it was clearly a conversation that we as agents had eight years ago. Mm-hmm. That, it, that this was decided ten years ago, probably, but agents kept fighting it. And this guy's still on a rampage about the evils of of this change, and and I think you're right. I mean, I, the 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 focus that we have on a regular basis is what what is it that we can do 
as a brokerage that you cannot do better on your own or cannot do better on the MLS. And I'll give you a perfect example of one where I think the brokerage is not the leader, that the MLS is the leader, or at least the association is the leader, and that's within within uh, electronic signatures. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, the the associations that have successfully rolled out transaction desk, authentication, um, or or another system, a dot loop or whatever, but that that do it as a unified piece, allow all of the agents to be on a on the same platform, and be able to share documents with clients and be able to have a better. It's it is more efficient. It is more effective than the than the marketplaces that have some agents on one system and some agents on another and everybody kind of doing their thing. But I think within the brokerage, you know, we are looking for where can our brand really matter? Where can the service to the agent be done in a more clean? And, and, and as you say, it's a subtraction thing. We never do something with every bell and whistle that fits every single situation. We do things in ways that fit the nest need. Um, yeah. And we and we do it in a very simple way, as, as simple as we can, but still provide all of the value. But it's you know the subtraction question is, it's not just the number of offerings, but it's how you make the offering. Well, I mean, I, w- I would put this to you to say, you know, again, we we may cut this. I'm not sure, but you know, it, it, if the MLS is offering access to photography, floor plans, video, like the stuff that we that mm-hmm. we collect to say, those are the 16 things that you need to market a home. If the MLS provides all of that. Does brand matter less to the consumer? I think brand and to matters more. I, I think it actually matters even more. In a world, let's just take postcards as an example, right? Um, you know, this is in terms of technology, uh, pretty low, low tech, right? I mean, it's been around for 60 years. Uh, direct mail is not new, uh, but a postcard. So, there's a wide variety. When I say the word postcard, you could imagine there is a wide variety of what that postcard could look like, could feel like, could say. So look, feel, say, you know, tone, all those things are really important aspects of brand that um, I think go a long way to making one postcard better than another. You know, the medium isn't what's important. It's what what's the, what's the message that you're trying to put out there? Um, so when I think about like a nest postcard, I mean, you guys have a well-established brand, you have a voice and tone, you have a look and feel, you have probably, you know, some of the best, uh, you know, guidelines in terms of, you know, what's acceptable. You have a brand that your agents have already bought into. So they're not mucking it up with their own personal look and feel for the most part. So, Again, to go back to a postcard, an MLS might be able to provide a solution that allows for agents to create postcards and print them and ship them at scale. But I would posit that there would be a very, very different end result from something that that came out of a system like that versus something that you guys have worked through on your platform, simply because you have spent a lot of time defining your brand and have something that you can put into the market to be proud of. So, and yeah. that's ultimately the differentiator. It's not right. the postcard. It's what's on the postcard. That's to answer, answer your question, Keith, the brand is more in a world where everyone has access to the same technology. The brand is even more important because it, it isn't, it is the, actually the only thing that you can really differentiate around. 
Interesting. I, mean, I, I think I, I'll, I'll agree with you, um, you know, selfishly from a Nest perspective, but also objectively from having done this for years and seeing like the, the template of websites from 15 years ago where everybody had the same website. Mm-hmm. That it was hard. It was hard. You know, everyone had the same thing. The thing that mattered was how you leveraged that website and how you leveraged the knowledge that you put forth with that. So I, mean, I think it's, yeah. I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean, I think if you have 47 tools and everybody has the same 47 tools, you know, picking how to how to use and apply three to six of them mm-hmm. uh, within the framework of, yeah, you know, frankly, the Nest designers that we have, you know, our graphic designers are, and our entire department is, you know, extraordinary. And they make the agents look, you know, I'll say this from my perspective, the agents look better at what they do because we have people who know what they're doing. I mean, all mm-hmm. the agents care about the brand. I mean, if they... They care deeply about maintaining the Nest brand, but we couldn't have that brand without the people that make it look amazing. Um, I mean, I could I could do a postcard. Um, mm-hmm. It would suck, but I could put out a thousand postcards tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it a slightly different angle, and I, I think if you gave all three of us a hammer and told us to go build something, what we would build would be very different. And would probably be of varying degrees of quality. My, mm-hmm. I, I know, speaking for myself, whatever I built would be probably pretty crappy because I'm not, you know, a construction guy. Like I right. don't know how to use a hammer. <laughs> but that's the point, right? Like at the end of the day, the what what gets created is more important than how you create it. And you know, even going a level further or deeper than that, it's it's why are you trying to do this? What what are the emotions that you're trying to insight out of out of your marketing all those things are the decisions that are more important frankly than ultimately the technology stack that that sits underneath it that's just the tools that get you you know the distribution and and the the end result right yeah and i think you know and i think the other piece to to your statement joel of that brand matters more than ever i think it is it's also super clear that I can have phenomenal templates where I can do great postcards, but if my postcards don't match my product brochures, if my property brochures don't match the video tours, if the video tours don't match the websites, if these things don't blend, you know, either you're going to land up in a sea of sameness where you are simply adopting the most generic thing because it's actually well, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some beautiful generic things out there just because just because it's not a brand centric piece doesn't mean it's not a not a phenomenal you know beautiful piece of questions can it blend with everything else you're doing um and i think that's where you know i look at these mls offerings that have the entire suite of marketings and i just wonder can can an agent successfully use the entire suite and still set themselves apart or are they going to you know does this become just a you know you're going to look like everybody else because it is a it's a really well designed suite and you look and you're like wow this is better than anything i could do on my own mm-hmm. without looking at what the brokerage is offering or what what your office is offering or what your your team leader has already spent time designing i mean that's the question yeah, well i think where there is a uh sorry to cut you off there jim um uh, but i i think where there is you know this constant need to to find the next thing to to differentiate or compete on it, where i would say in that scenario that you painted keith like where you need to go next in a world where let's say technology is 
is fairly diffuse and pretty much everyone has the same access to tools and where design and the look and feel have become fairly standardized for the most part, or at least, you know, there's some best practices in terms of what we would consider to be well-designed postcards or, or websites. So where do you go next? I think from our perspective at thousand watt, where you go next is around the words. What do you say? How do you say it? Um, and that's a really important, if yeah. not probably the most important uh, way to differentiate yourself is, is what is the story you're trying to tell? Who are you trying to talk to? And then how do you articulate what makes you special? What makes you different? And you do that through words. And that's an opportunity that I think if, if I were to look at, at the full, you know, suite of offerings out there today that most of them haven't solved for in the sense that like, like you said, you can get great templates, you can get great tech. Um, it's what you do with it. It's what you say on that website. It's, it's how you write that email that, that you send to your buyers or sellers. Those are the places that I see as like the, the, the green fields of opportunity that, that a lot of, um, marketers, a lot of agents have not gotten to yet. And, and with that, you just made me appreciate the uh, uh, the MLS has a limitation of I think it's seven hundred fifty characters for the public remarks for when discovering a house. It made me mm -hmm. value that that much more. And, I, and I, I say that somewhat flippantly, but I you know we've always lamented you know the reason that you only have seven hundred fifty characters is because that sheet is designed to be printed. Mm -hmm. So you carry it from house to house. But I think that if we had limitless fields for description you would get the picture, the data that you need, and 17 paragraphs of words that didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because I think that 17 paragraphs is far less important than sure. two, two paragraphs that matter. Right. It goes back to the original design of Twitter, right? I mean, right. it's the 140 characters. Is you, you learn to say what you need to say within that those confines. And I think, you know, Joel, I will say of all the work that we did with, with thousand watt over the years, I, you know, I go back to the first, the first day that I spent um, in Portland with Jonathan and Ryan and Mark and you and going through, I, I think the first half of the day was discovery of idea, but the second half was literally 21 words and discussing the, the importance of the specificity mm -hmm. of choosing the right way to say what we wanted to say. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and we left literally with one sentence and it was possibly the most powerful sentence we'd ever written about our firm and, and ways to talk about what we were doing. It was incredible. Um, and I, you know, I do think that, that you're, you're completely right that those, those wordings, the copywriting choices, um, you know, going back to what, you know, Jim was bringing up Jessica's, um, blog post from today about the importance of editing. It, mm -hmm. it, it does, you know, it all comes back to that's what people are going to read and remember and, and how you're going to, you know, how you're going to differentiate your, the properties of your marketing, right? I mean, three bedroom, two bath is a horrible way to start a description of any property, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't say anything. It doesn't sell the story. It doesn't sell the soul of the house. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, to just simply, I mean, go back to that example of the postcard, right? Um, if you think about the postcards that maybe you've received in the mail, I know it's kind of election season right now. We're all getting all bombarded with all kinds of materials. Do you remember the cardstock? Do you remember the design? 
or do you remember the headline on the front of that page? At the end of the day, I would posit that, that you remember the headline. You remember yeah. what that thing says. Uh, and so that's where I would say, you know, in terms of the brokerage, the agent, where you need to be focusing your energy, it's on what you should be saying, not where you say it or, or what you say it on. Like it, those things are, are, are actually in a way it's kind of a, a blessing that the MLS or the brokerage has made some of those tough decisions for you because at the end of the day, it allows you to focus on the things that are really important, which is your messaging, your positioning and, and your unique selling proposition. So I, I will say, Joel, I don't remember um, what I said on my very first postcard I ever sent for a property listing. But the very first listing I had, I I sent out my 500 postcards to all the nearest neighbors kind of people. And um, I remember the only call I got about it was a woman who was angry that the postcard I sent had a UV coating on it. And therefore, it made it not uh, not recyclable. And so it, there are the mistakes that are done in cardstock. You do remember those, but, um, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, but, but, you, but you're correct. The people who are getting it are, are mostly noticing your message. So Joel, on that note, I'm going to say uh, to echo our, our partner, Jonathan, uh, that the title of this podcast is sweat the details. So, you know, we all have these details that we sweat on a daily basis, but what's one detail or one concept suite of details you think that brokerages, MLSs should be sweating on a daily basis? I think at the end of the day, the, the detail that I sweat and what I encourage our clients to sweat more than anything else is to really, truly understand who you are talking to. Because at the end of the day, if, if we, you know, we've gone through our, their conversations today and we've landed at a point that like really the most important differentiator they have is, is your, um, is your positioning, is your, uh, is, is what you say. The corollary to that statement is who are you saying it to? And so understanding clearly the individual or the per persona or the archetype of the, the, the type of person that you're trying to speak to there's nothing in my mind more critical than that and getting it right and it can't be just sellers if you're an agent i want to talk to sellers or i want to talk to buyers well, what kind of sellers where do they live who are they what age are they what are their circumstances there's a whole layer that you have to dig into to really understand if you're going to get your messaging right and it's actually pretty it can be a really fun exercise, but it can be a really challenging exercise, again, in that mode of subtraction, because it's really tempting to just say, well, I want to speak to everyone. I want to speak to all right. agents or all sellers or all buyers. I want to cast a wide net and bring in everybody. But we and know that, like, that no just, one. then you connect with no one. That's not good marketing. That's not good positioning. It's figuring out who you want to talk to specifically, really understanding what makes them tick because as we all know, the, the way that you move someone to action is through an emotion and to understand how you get to that emotion, you need to understand that person's who that person is. So figuring out who to talk to, I think is really the detail that I spent a lot of time thinking about. Awesome. Well, Joel, it's a, you know, <clears throat> a fun time to chat with you as always. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your morning to, uh, to talk with us and, uh, look forward, look forward to seeing you in person one of these years.
Absolutely. (laughs) Joel, thanks a ton. And I think what I love the most about this is that we had this desire to talk about tech. And the reality is by the end of it, we come around to, it still comes down to the basics of voice, comes down to the basic of the brand. um, And tech is, is simply yet another way to get that voice and that brand across. And, and so it's, it's about focus and execution. Absolutely. If I can make one, one yeah. pitch, uh, I would just say, you know, read our blog. If you like what, uh, what we've talked about today, that's what we write about, try to do every week. Uh, yeah. So thousandwatt.net slash subscribe, go to our website, subscribe, um, and, uh, and get our blog posts in your email. I'll make sure to put that in our show, in our show notes as well. Thank you. All right, Joel, thanks a ton. Appreciate it. Cool. All right, take it easy, guys. Yeah.